What's going on everybody and welcome to Rock Video Rental. I am Brandon and with me as always is Caleb. Uh, Caleb, how have things been going? Things have been going all right. Uh, here we are the week after Thanksgiving. It was a very strange one this year, but there is one huge thing to be thankful for. And that is that by a Thanksgiving, not Thanksgiving day, but Thanksgiving holiday miracle, I found a PlayStation 5. <gasps> so nothing could put me in a absolutely terrible mood because that happened. So it's it's been pretty good recently. But the <laughs> But the sad thing is, there is a sad part of the story, is that my kids have played on it more than I have. Now, uh, that's you gotta kind of figure that right. Yeah, um, it were it it was like a double um double win because my PlayStation Four like officially died just not too long ago, so there was like no Minecraft, no like any other PlayStation games that we had for mm-hmm. several weeks because it died. So it came along at a good time. So I uh, I lucked out for sure. Rock. So I'm assuming since you got that, you've probably been playing more stuff than you've been watching. Uh, yeah. I mean, I got a couple things. Actually, there's one thing that I'm pretty sure I forgot to mention several weeks ago. Um, maybe it was in my long spiel after um, we did that last series that we did um, that I included in. But I don't know. Did I mention that I watched Raw Deal with Arnold Schwarzenegger? So. Yeah, I I was looking at things and then I saw that I was like, I don't remember talking about that, but yeah, so that's a little bit of an old one. And I had actually not seen that movie all the way through. And it's a little bit funny because I almost feel like there is a, um, there are similarities between raw deal and the movie we're going to be reviewing today. (laughs) I was going to say raw deal is kind of boring. If I remember right, I have it on DVD and I don't think I've ever watched it all the way through. Yeah, it was it was definitely a two nighter. Like I got so far and I was like, OK, I'm I'm going to bed. <laughs> um, but there were some funny things and it was just. I, I think I'll save it for a little bit later uh, when we're talking about uh, doing our movie review. But yeah, there were some things I thought were a little similar. So. But uh, so I watched that a while ago and then the. uh New things, though, that I've watched in the past week, uh, I've been, my wife and I have been still going with How I Met Your Mother. Also, I've been watching a little bit of Family Matters still with her. Um, But the main one that I watched a handful of episodes for is the reboot of Animaniacs. Oh, yeah. I saw that. That launched. Yeah, I know. Is it the old one? Oh, yeah, dude. It is it's exactly like you would expect. I mean, everything the same, the, the jokes and the jabs at current events and things like that. And same feeling the, there was one weird thing that I felt like I picked up on and it's the voices. They still sound the same, but when they sing, I swear, like they have the different voices for when they talk, but when, any three of them sing it's the same voice so there's no distinction between them when they sing Mm. in my opinion but i mean maybe it was just one song that stuck out to me so 
But other than that, it's pretty good. I mean, of course, you know, there's certain things you can fully expect them to make fun of, and they went right at it from the get go. <laughs> so, and then Pinky and the Brain. Uh, so they do the Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers, and the Pinky and the Brain back and forth. And they've uh, the couple that I've seen so far were pretty good. They were definitely entertaining. Nice. Uh, uh, do they have Rita and Runt on there still? <laughs> Um, you know what would, I'm talking about? No, like the the gray cat and the big doby looking dog. Uh no, I have not seen them. They had the same security guard for Animaniacs, though. Okay, or, or yeah, I'm off. You know how they always have like a pinky in the brain, like short, and there they would have a Rita and Runt one a lot. Uh, there was Chicken Boo was another one, and oh. uh. Good feathers. Yeah, I thought that's what you might be talking about. Yeah, so far it's only been the Animaniac Warner Brothers segments and the Pinky and the Brain. So I'm not sure if others get interjected in later episodes or maybe that's something they're going to do in the future. Right. So, but yeah, that's that's basically been it. I mean, I've also been uh, doing my gaming then. Um, actually, ironically, more PC gaming still at this point because I'm waiting for next week, depending when we record, I might have something to say about it, but Cyberpunk 2077 is coming out, which is the Keanu Reeves game. Yeah. Um, and I bought that. It's technically a PS4 game, but they're going to optimize it for the PS5. Uh, so I bought that. But nice. I've been playing... I've still been playing Middle Earth Shadow of War, which is an excellent game. I think I've talked about it before, so I won't... Mm-hmm drag it out again so but uh what about yourself what what's the entertainment on your list well i've been continuing on with sopranos i am in the last season now uh man the last season's been kind of a drag been a little slow i thought i heard that that people were really disappointed in the last season do you know uh, i this is the only thing i know because i've actually never seen a full episode do you do you know how it ends do you remember yeah. what people Okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember when it happened, so I just been kind of like patiently waiting for that. Um, man, uh, other than that, we've been watching, or I've been watching a little bit of uh, Coach, you know, the Craig T. Nelson show from the late '80s, early '90s. <laughs> um, I just saw it was on IMDb and it, IMDb TV. I don't oh, know yeah. if you, you've seen that before on. Amazon Prime, you mm. basically you can watch stuff and it's just got commercials. It's free. Nice. Uh, that was after I watched the the early '90s football movie, The Program, with Omar Epps, Rock, and um, James Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched a little bit of that today. Kind of nodded off during it. I, I wasn't feeling very good, so I kind of just like chilled for a little bit. Um, we've been also also watching Sugar Rush and nailed it. Um, <laughs> Netflix they just added Christmas episodes oh man I told my wife like because you know my disdain for the Cole Byers yes I do know that <laughs> like that show would be so much better without her she is so incredibly obnoxious like I wish it would take the host the dude from Sugar Rush and put him on Nailed It and yeah. that, that show would be like a thousand times better mm-hmm uh, I was happy to see that Paul Shear was a contestant on Nailed It. You know who Paul Shear is? Uh, I know I should know, but 
he was Andre in the league, and he's he's got oh. a couple podcasts. He does uh, How Did This Get Made and um, Unspooled. Wait, he was a contestant? Or yeah, Josh? he was a contestant on it. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, he's the bald guy with like the gap in his teeth. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. he's been on a lot of different things. Um, yeah, they had like a special one where they were doing... Um, it was like a Hanukkah episode where they had to make a bunch of stuff. He actually, you know, spoiler alert, he won the whole thing. And then <gasps> you ruined cool, it. For though, was at the end of it, he just he didn't take the prize money. He just wanted the trophy. So he just split up the money between the other two contestants. Oh, dude, I heard about that. My wife watches that show and she's like, oh, it was so cool. This guy won and he just gave it away. And I was like, oh, well, he must be well off. So she, I, I had no idea that's who she was talking about. Yeah, well, both him and his wife are actors and they okay. both have podcasts. Um, his wife is June uh, Diane Raphael. Okay. Uh, she's got a lot of different podcasts. She did one with Quentin Tarantino about movies. Oh, my gosh, dude. You know how crazy that would be? Yeah. To talk to him about movies. Yeah, she did that, and then she did one all about um, the Halloween series. Nice. That was really good. Um, yeah. So other than those, I've been watching this series called Disappeared on Investigation Discovery, and it's just like people that have up and disappeared, and um, trying to hunt them down. And some of them they find, other ones they don't. Hmm. So, and then other ones like you know they they find them dead. It's just, it's kind of interesting. Like the process that they go through and all that. I mean, all those investigation discovery shows are kind of the same. Yeah. But the last thing of note that we watched was Christmas vacation. Awesome. Excellent. So yeah, we've been getting into more Christmas shows and things like that. So it's been fun. Um, I guess the last thing I watched is our main topic for the week. And, yeah, definitely not a Christmas movie. <laughs> but you want to jump right into it? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. New York, a city pushed to the edge. People pushed to the limit. And no one's got the guts to stop them. It's collection time, Charlie. Three murders, yeah. four rapes, nine acts of random violence. This isn't a neighborhood, it's a war. But there is one way, one man who won't be pushed, Charles Bronson. What's the problem? Now you're going to die. It'll be just like before, Mr. Vigilante, with one important difference. You're going to work for me. People have got to start to fight back and hard. I sent them a message. That's him. I'll take care of him. And now, he's in the middle of a war. See what you've done? You got me mad. In a world gone mad, there is only one law. His. Charles Bronson. Death Wish 3. Bronson's back in New York. Bringing justice to the streets. Charles Bronson, Death Wish 3. So the movie of the week is the 1985 action movie Death Wish 3. It is directed by Michael Winner. 
Uh, the plot is architect slash vigilante Paul Kersey arrives in New- back in New York City and is forcibly recruited by a crooked police chief to fight street crime caused by a large gang terrorizing the neighborhoods. Uh, the cast is Charles Bronson returns as Paul Kersey. Uh, Deborah Raffin is Catherine. Ed Lauder is the police chief Richard Schreiker. Martin Balsam is Bennett, and Gavin O'Herlihy is Freaker. Um, this is a movie that I've seen quite a few times. Uh, this is one of my dad's favorite movie series. Nice. <laughs> so, and like, we both agree that the third one is our favorite. <laughs> a lot of people that have seen this series, like, say that the third one's the best, just because it's so ridiculously 80s. <laughs> I mean, it, another canon film production that we've done on this show <laughs> dude i think you're just like obsessed with canon <laughs> dude i love canon movies because they're always entertaining even if they're bad true always entertaining um yeah they I mean this one is like canon in a nutshell it's the uh you know they took like a, a, you know, a famous a famous actor, Charles Bronson, you know, at the time, like, he was very recognizable. Everybody knew who he was. Uh, they took a beloved series of movies and Death Wish and, like, just exploited the hell out of it. Let's <laughs> <laughs> put more violence, more um, explosions and action and everything into it. And it's just, it's just ridiculous, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, one thing I want to mention here at the beginning of this is that I anticipate I might trip over myself a little bit because I actually considered watching the. If I had more time, I probably would have watched this twice. Yeah. Because I felt like it was a little difficult to keep um, strained out, I guess I would say. Um, just because it so much was happening and it would all of a sudden jump from one thing to another and kind of scattered. And so I just felt like when it was done that I was, I was entertained. I had a good time, but I was a little bit lost too, where I'm just like, man, I I feel like I'm going to miss some things or it's, it's a trickier review uh, in my opinion, just because I don't know. Do you feel that way? That was a little scattered yeah, and kind of all It's over a the very place? scattered, unfocused movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's all the Death Wish movies are pretty much the same. So, like, the first one is, uh, you know, Charles Bronson, he's just an architect, and his wife gets, like, raped and murdered by this um, gang of guys. And then he ends up, like, getting turning into a vigilante and hunting down the guys that were responsible for it. And, you know, in the first movie, he's kind of like reluctantly doing it. It's because like the police really couldn't help. Um, They weren't getting any results and he felt he needed justice. And then at the same time, like he's very nervous about what he's doing Mm -hmm. and, you know, it really affects him killing these guys that did this. And then, you know, the second movie comes around and, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Like his daughter has the same thing happen to her. And then he hunts those people down. But 
you know, by the time the third one comes around, he's just like protecting a neighborhood and he has absolutely no problem shooting people <laughs> with a wide variety of weaponry. <laughs> like, and then they get to like an all out war at the end of it. So it's kind of funny to see the progression of the movies. Mm-hmm. And the first one is, it's actually a very good movie. It's, it's done very well. Uh, I believe the first three were all directed by Michael Winner. Okay. But, you know, by the time the third one rolled around, it became just a parody of itself. And, you know, Canon Films, they got their hands on it and things just got ridiculous. Uh, you Death Wish 4 was also a Canon movie. <laughs> um, I, you know, I guess we could start from the beginning. It's a, you know, the first one, Bronson, he's in New York. The second one, he's in Los Angeles. The third one, he's in New York. The fourth one, he's in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of goes back and forth. Uh, but he returns to New York this time. And, uh, you know, like I said in the plot, that police chief gets a hold of him, talks about all the gang issues, and he basically just uh, kind of blackmails him into, like, helping him out and just doing, like, street vengeance on these gangs around this big gang. Uh, so he goes and he lives in, like, a friend of his apartment and his friend was actually killed by this gang and he you know makes friends with people in the building and there's an older jewish couple he makes friends with and then there's a guy named um bennett who was a friend of bronson's friend and they kind of just like team up and devise a plan of what they're gonna do and it's funny because paul kersey like i said in the first death wish was just kind of he was just an architect who had turned into a vigilante to like seek vengeance on these um these hoods that you know raped and murdered his wife mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden he's like Rambo in this one <laughs> he's setting like all these traps up he's got like uh you know, he's got that board on a big big spring that's set up mm-hmm. so when someone breaks in and tricks the window it flies up it hits the guy in the face and that's you know one of my favorite scenes where you hear the the trap go off and they're eating dinner and they all run to the where the trap is at and bronson checks the board and he looks at it and they're like oh my gosh what is that and it's like oh those are teeth and the guy's like <laughs> front teeth are stuck in the board <laughs> <laughs> you know he sets another trap too with right under his window of a piece of plywood with a whole bunch of nails in it. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> so good. Person comes through the window, they jump on the nails. Um, you know, and at the same time, there's, you know, we get to see some of the the gang members. There's a few that stand out. Uh, you get Fraker, who uh, Paul Kersey, you know, Bronson's character, beats when he's in jail. And he's like the leader of the gang. So he has, like, all these guys working under him. He sends them out to just, like, do mayhem, steal things, uh, just push the people around in the neighborhood and get what they want. Uh, another one that stands out is this guy they call the Giggler. <laughs> <laughs> he is, like, he's basically a pickpocket, but... Once he gets the stuff, he's like he's laughing when he runs off, and he he's so fast that nobody can catch him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get the the classic 
you know, Paul Kersey's saying, I have a friend named Wieldy. Uh, when he comes, he'll help out. He'll be able to, he'll be able to catch the giggler. And they're like, is he really that fast? And he's like, he'll have no problem with him. <laughs> uh, this is where we get kind of like the funniest aspect of the movie is uh, Kersey goes to the post office and he gets a P.O. box. Uh, you kind of wonder why he's doing that at the beginning, but then we find out later that he's actually ordering uh, firearms and ammo through the mail. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. He gets everything from pistols and uh, bullets, and then he gets an RPG, <laughs> anti anti personnel rocket powered grenade launcher. Uh, I mean, talk about overkill, and we'll get to that part later on. But uh, another gang member that sticks out just from the last movie that we reviewed is um, Alex Winter. <laughs> aka bill s preston esquire is in this movie yes not his most triumphant role but (laughs) not at all he really doesn't say much in it and um yeah i got kind of some funny things about that when we get the trivia but uh so these gang members are just like hassling everybody in the especially in the building that kersey's living in you know stealing all their stuff beating them up uh, a few people have like been killed by these these gang members, so now it's up to uh, Paul Kersey to bring him to justice. <laughs> uh, so we finally get to meet his friend Wieldy that he's speaking of, which is a an enormous hand cannon they call it a hand cannon. Yeah, <laughs> called the the Wieldy Magnum, which is a four seventy five uh, caliber, and this is what he uses to quote unquote catch the giggler. Uh, he kind of sets up like a, a trap for him where he grabs like a nice uh, camera and like slings it over his shoulder and walks by. He said he's going to the corner to get some ice cream. And, you know, it makes it obvious that he's got this camera and like the giggler can't help himself. So he runs and gets it. And that's when Bronson pulls out this gun and just like blows him away. <laughs> Flows <laughs> like a baseball size hole into the guy's back. Uh, you know, he says too to the people who ask him about the gun that it uses. What was he? He said it uses ammo similar to that of a fifty caliber mm-hmm. it, that they use for African big game hunting. <laughs> <laughs> like talk about overkill. This gun is probably like. 10 inches to a foot log and it's a pistol. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just hilarious, which is the, the gun that can be seen on the poster for this movie, which is a, an awesome poster. Yeah. Which I was actually just hanging that. up in my garage. Nice. Uh, it was a high quality JPEG that, that Craig and I found online. And we, I printed it out on just like 11 by 17 cardstock and I realized after I printed it that the picture that was online actually had Charles Bronson's autograph on it. Nice. Yeah, so now it looks like mine is autographed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I mean, all this stuff happening, you know, they try to, like, strike back. Uh, the, the gang tries to strike back, and they, you know, ramp up their violence. They bring in more gang members. Uh, 
And of course, at the same time, Kersey like ends up meeting a a woman who becomes like his love interest, and you know they hang out a lot and they have dinner together, have conversations, go to do stuff together, and um, in typical Death Wish fashion, if you become a love interest or someone close to Paul Kersey personally, um, something terrible is going to happen to you. <laughs> Like, either you're going to be killed or you're going to be raped or both. And, um, yeah, she gets killed in a, an explosion of a car. <laughs> by going, by getting pushed down the hill. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure that car wouldn't explode. <laughs> uh, basically, all this piles up until this the gang in the neighborhood calls, like, another gang to join them causing like this big war at the end and all the the normal people in the neighborhood basically gang up together too to to help paul kersey and paul kersey's neighbor to <laughs> take out these these gang members and it's you know that final battle or war i guess it's really more of like a war Oh yeah, it's it's like almost a half hour long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's crazy explosions, you know, lots of um, lots of gunfire, lots of stunts. There's some funny ones where like somebody gets shot and then they go over like a railing and they use their hand to brace themselves on the railing before they flip over. <laughs> <laughs> that always cracks me up. Like this guy's dead and he falls over, but he's got enough ability to stick his hand out so make sure he he flips safely onto his back <laughs> hey you got you gotta die safely right right oh uh, yeah so probably lots of stunt work in this movie i would guess uh oh gosh man i almost forgot to mention that um Kersey's friend bennett has a minigun <laughs> didn't he have two um, I'm not sure if he had two or if he just had the one, but he tried to use the one and it like jammed up and that's when he met, you know, his end. Uh, and somehow Paul Kersey either got it or he got another one mm-hmm. and he was able to like mow people down. Like it's basically like the gun Jesse Ventura had in Predator. <laughs> <laughs> just like, just a Gatling gun. It's completely like laying waste to people. <laughs> And all this is happening, like, in the streets of New York. <laughs> yeah. And now one thing, too, that I want to mention about that minigun, though, is mm-hmm. that I, I am not a gun expert. But isn't that the type of gun that's supposed to be mounted? I don't know. I think... I I'm not sure... It's possible, but um, anytime I've seen them in movies, they're not mounted to anything because I'm not a gun person either. Okay, because I'm if if I'm not uh, <clears throat> mistaken, that gun he was holding onto the barrel of the gun, which a machine gun barrel is going to get hot. Yeah, and he was just like holding onto, and I was like, I don't know if that's right. <laughs> like. What it made me think of was Grand Theft Auto of Vice City. 
because yeah. you can get the minigun in that, and that's kind of really similar to it. And I know the character in that, there's like two handles on the gun. Yeah. And like same with Jesse Ventura's gun and Predator. And neither one of those was, were mounted either, so I'm not not quite sure. Basically, it's like a big chain gun that you would see on like an attack helicopter, like in a Vietnam movie, where it's just raining bullets. Yeah. Which is mounted usually, but anyways. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the gist of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it all builds up to this huge battle at the end and um, all the carnage and stuff that happens with it. Um, and I guess, you know, towards the end of this big battle, I guess well, the thing that ends it, so, you know, I mentioned the RPG earlier. Uh, there's a scene where Paul Kersey goes to his apartment and he runs up to go get more ammo and he's loading a pistol. And that's when Fraker finds him and he corners him and, you know, fires at Kersey. Um, or he's getting ready to, like, shoot Kersey and then the police chief comes out of nowhere and shoots him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're kind of, he falls down, I think he's dead, and Kersey and the chief are talking to each other, and Fraker jumps up and he's got a pistol, and the chief's like, you can't shoot both of us. And that's when he, like, Fraker shoots the police chief, and then Kersey dives, grabs the RPG, and just shoots the guy in the chest with a rocket launcher. (laughs) (laughs) It blows up the whole side of the apartment building, and, like, the only thing that's left of Fraker is just like it looks like a just a pile of clothes that's on fire on the street. <laughs> yeah, and no there's like no way anybody would be able to tell that that was specifically him. No, there would just be like pieces of burning flesh everywhere if he got shot with a, a rocket that close. Plus, I'm pretty sure that Paul Kersey would be dead and the police chief would be dead. Yeah getting shot like shooting that that close because it was like he was like six to eight feet away from the guy when he shot him mm-hmm. <laughs> oh that's like all the other gang members see it and then they just kind of like give up and leave <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah i mean aw- awesomely bad this is a movie that just entertaining i put on like when i want to watch something just stupid action with a Mm -hmm. lot of explosions and just craziness happening. Uh, And a few weeks ago when you said, you know, we haven't done a, an awesomely bad movie in a long time. This is like the first one that popped my head and it was on Amazon prime for free. So it definitely had to be one of them. Uh, I think it's also on Tubi. Nice. Yeah. Were there, were there things that stuck out in the movie for you? Cause I can, give a few of mine after um yeah it was a uh a lot (laughs) (laughs) um like i said it was definitely entertaining um so one thing while you were going through that that i wanted to double check on because i thought that there was uh something else with it and i forgot to check it ahead of time but it's funny because you know that there is actually a direct correlation between raw deal and death wish three and that is um 
the actor Ed Lauder, mm-hmm. who was the dirty cop or whatever, kind of how you said the yeah. corrupt mm-hmm. guy. He was also a policeman in Raw Deal. Yeah, I feel like he always plays a policeman, and he's always good. Yeah, he, he yeah he does always do a good job. But uh, that is pretty funny that uh, they were both in, or that he was in both of those. But yeah, for sure, this is like over the top, so so eighties, um, <laughs> so much going on. It's funny you say over the top because the movie Over the Top was also made by Canon. <laughs> <laughs> but continue. Yeah. Um, it's funny because anytime I say over the top, I always think like in reference to anything, I always think of that movie anyways. Um, but yeah, they, it went really fast at times. And then other times it went really slow. And some of it was, so some of the, the acting was a little ridiculous. Like when, um, Bronson's friend died, at the beginning and he <laughs> he was dying that performance was a little um entertaining yeah. and then um then they threw some things like really quick at you to try to develop things but they didn't really take the time to develop it like uh um fraker like you were talking about mm-hmm. um they were in the after Bronson got picked up because he was accused of killing his friend because that's, he was there when the police showed up and everything. That's where the two met was in um, in the holding cell. Like they just, it's super fast. Like boom, boom, boom. Like uh, all these things happen. And I mean, like I get it. Like I enjoy it, but it's just funny how you start to notice those things when you go from like, we've been on that long streak of, you know, really good movies for the most part. And then you go to this where it's not as well developed and structured. Yeah. Where you get that buildup and everything. Um, and so it it was kind of funny. Like, I think, too, uh, I can't remember her name, but his uh, love interest and everything. Catherine. Yeah. She, she got thrown in there, and it was kind of a little bit random. And then she hunted him down. Like, there, there was no reason for her to be interested in following him the way that she did. I mean, no offense to Bronson, but the age difference and there was nothing (laughs) that was exactly, you know, from their interactions that would be like, Oh, she's going to fall for this guy. Like, honestly, I didn't, I anticipated that, but they didn't really put it out there for that to develop, it was just kind of like, Oh, these two cross paths. So now we're going to have them, you know, in a relationship. (laughs) So, yeah, that always cracked me up too. Like she is at least 20 years younger than he is. mm -hmm. It's, it's just hilarious. Yeah. And there's really nothing in their interactions that they have that you would think that she's going to return and be a love interest. Yeah. Like, absolutely. So it, it was just very, uh, very interesting how they did that. But then the uh, gang interactions were always entertaining. And um, it's it's one of those where you feel like some in some cases, like they just shot things once <laughs> and then they pieced it together after. Most, most likely. Um, 
man, I'm going to have to see if I can find that Canon Films documentary online and and send you a link because it was really funny and it's kind of interesting how they did things. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of impressive how they took like simple ideas and made them profitable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, coming into it, like I do, it was going to be a big like drop off from films that we watched like right before this, especially like acting wise. Um, you know, Charles Bronson's always pretty solid. He's, he's got kind of like his own style, I guess, or had his own style where, no, it's not like the greatest actor ever, but he's believable, I guess. And you could tell that like he gives effort to every single role that he has. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's more of like the, the strong silent type than he is like a, you know, going on in the monologues and things like that, or having like super solid dialogue or anything like that. He's more of just like a presence, I guess that yeah. he is like a quipster or anything like that. Like Arnold is more likely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So c- kind of like a different action hero. Yeah. And, you know, seventies and eighties is when you know, his career really kind of took off for this type of movie, I guess, because, you know, he had, two more death wish movies after this one. And then he had movies like, um, 10 to midnight, which is a slasher movie. Okay. It's like a detective slash slasher movie, <laughs> which I still have yet to watch. I, I think that one's also on Amazon prime. So I might have to get around to watching that one soon. Uh, and then <laughs> I read somewhere too, that he did like eight to 10 movies that had the word death in the title. you always get the five death wish movies and there was like three other ones that are unrelated that all are kind of (laughs) similar so i guess you know he got kind of pigeonholed Mm -hmm. um yeah and you mentioned ed lauder he like i said he always does a good job in everything he's in he's always a jerk (sighs) he's just great at playing that jerk character yeah. Whether he's technically a good guy or not. Yeah. And I wonder if he's no, he passed away a few years ago. I was just wondering if he was still alive. He passed away, it looks like seven years ago I looked up. Um Yeah. He, yeah, always always a cop. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um God, there's someone else I feel like is the same same way I can't think of, I was originally thinking of it and now I lost it who's always um always a cop and everything they're in well one thing that I'll mention too while you're thinking about that is um we mentioned this man I can't remember exactly when I think it was maybe during the F13 series Friday the 13th series that yeah. we did where we commented on the acting that Sometimes, and I and I'm not knocking it because I'm not an actor. I do not possess that ability. Uh, I know that some people are really great at it, and you know, some others you can kind of 
see are rough around the edges in their performance. But in some cases, when they don't have it all together, they seem to go overboard mm-hmm. or um, outside of the range that they should. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to say it again, over the top. Like, they go over the top with it. Oh, yeah, they yeah, overact. Yeah, and so I felt like most, if not all, the gang members did that where they just went like took it from a 10 to an 11 <laughs> and because the giggler was kind of like that and then there was another guy and th- it was just like screaming and hollering the whole time to be intense and intimidating and i was just like okay <laughs> i get what you're going for but at the same time it's like a little bit too much so um that was definitely part part of it too that kind of takes this from a movie i man i don't know really how to classify this but that kind of adds to this falling into an awesomely bad movie where you know those performances could have been stronger but because it was it gave it that feel that's uh that's how it kind of puts it more into that awesomely bad category from those uh other acting performances yeah, um, yeah, pretty hammy and wooden in parts. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, a lot of the gang members just become like caricatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Alex Winter's one of them. Yeah. He's kind of just like ridiculous and, and hammy in it. But, you know, it's one of his super early roles. Yeah, much different than uh, Bill and Ted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And even now, like, he doesn't really do much acting. He's more of, like, a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. Directing and and production and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I thought... I I didn't know for a while there if I missed when he died. Until they finally showed him dying, like, more towards the end. Yeah. so I was just like, where did he go? Like, I wasn't seeing him, and I was like, did he die somewhere, and I didn't catch it? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I guess, you know, some of my favorite things, basically the whole big battle at the end is is the best part. Oh, yeah. Um, some of the things that always make me laugh is how terrible of a shot some of those guys are. Because, like, Bronson's just kind of standing in the middle of an alley, and he's not taking cover behind <laughs> anything. And these guys are just braiding bullets around him, completely missing him, and he's taking his time to, like, line guys up and just blow them away. <laughs> yes, thank you for mentioning that, because I was going to have to mention that at some point, too. That was one of the worst parts that stood out about it. Was It's how... like, were these, did these guys, like, these gang members just become stormtroopers, too? Because they're so <laughs> bad at shooting <laughs> Basically, well, I mean, it happened so many times where even like he's not in cover and the guys he's shooting at aren't in cover. And so he's it's like he's there shooting at six guys and they're all, you know, pretty exposed. And he's just picking them off. And out of six guys shooting at him, they came and hit him once. <laughs> but th- right. But uh... then also there was uh, there were several scenes of it, but there was one that really stood out too, where the cops showed up. And the cops are standing in front of their police cars. <laughs> no <laughs> just, training. Yeah, just standing and shooting. And I'm like, like nobody is sitting here watching this and thinking, hey, guys, 
this doesn't quite seem realistic. <laughs> oh gosh. Um yeah, and I guess that's kind of like some of the charm of, of canon movies. because uh, it was all about the action. It, this one is like just over the top. Canon. Yep, yeah. yeah. Can, <laughs> canon in a nutshell, because this is everything that they aimed for. Um you know, there's a story. It's really like not focused on at all. It's all over the place. Nothing really matters. But the action scenes are like crazy and there's lots of explosions, lots of like violence and uh like a high body count and all that. Yeah. Which I mean makes for an entertaining movie, but for like a quality movie, yeah, it's not the best. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another thing that really makes me laugh is that they have like this big battle and Bronson's like this badass with a gun that just lays waste to all these people. Um, and you know, I kind of compare it to Rambo. So like in Rambo, you got like this big jacked up Stallone running around with no shirt on bandana, long hair, huge like caliber machine gun, just laying waste to guys. And then he got Charles Bronson, who looks like somebody's grandpa wearing a sweater, running around shooting people. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like in his sixties. He's running around, just blowing guys away, and he's wearing like this, um, you know, thick knit sweater. <laughs> nice. Uh, he, you know, he does have a leather jacket on as well, so he's got some credibility there. But it just, you know, there's he's got that big thick sweater on under it, and oh, it just makes me laugh. Mm, looks like he should be like the captain on a little fishing boat. Yeah, or he should be like sitting down with his grandson on his lap, telling him stories and giving him a Werther's <laughs> <laughs> and smoking a pipe. Yeah, let me tell you a story about my day. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Well, I'll get into some trivia here because we already kind of touched on like the acting and all that stuff. Mm. Uh, so the gun that Charles Bronson uses, the the wieldy 475 Magnum hand cannon, mm-hmm. uh, it was actually a personal handgun of Bronson's in real life. Like he actually owned that gun, okay. uh, and he he suggested it as a means to make the film unique. And that then was a pretty a, good job. <laughs> yeah, in a 2005 interview in American Handgunner magazine with. Uh, Wieldy Moore, the gun's creator. Uh, he said that the sales of the weapon increased each time that the film aired on t- cable television. <laughs> and he said, um, even to this day, there is a spike in the Wieldy Magnum s- sales every time Death Wish appears or Death Wish 3 appears on TV. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, he also mentioned like how high of a body count there is in there. There's a body count of 83 deaths in this. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> like, so basically Paul Kersey, you know, through the whole Death Wish series, probably has a higher kill count than Jason Voorhees. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm, I would kind of hope that he would because he's using weapons and uh, has a little bit of advantage. He's not out in the middle of nowhere at a camp with like just a dozen people. Yeah. Except for Jason did go into New York City and only killed, like, two people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you can see Bronson spent more time in New York than Jason did. 
Oh, yeah. Um, so Charles Bronson was 64 years old when he did this movie. Man. <laughs> as an action star. And he was paid $1.5 million for the role. Wow, in 1985? Yeah, and the budget was only $9 million. Wow. And it made $16 million in the box office, so it was it was profitable. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned, too, a little earlier that the odd-numbered Death Wish movies take place in New York, and the even ones take place in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. Uh, and the last thing I got, did you notice the music in this movie? Yes, I did. It's really interesting. It's not bad. It's definitely a product of the 80s, and it's like super synth heavy. Mm-hmm. Do you know who did the music for this movie? It was no. Jimmy, Jimmy Page, the guitarist from Led Zeppelin. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Did he do, uh, do you know if he did other movie soundtracks? Um, I'm not sure. I could. I could check it out. I'm yeah. sure he probably did because you know the mu- the music's not bad it's kind of kind of corny yeah but it wasn't bad and obviously you know legendary musician mm-hmm. legendary guitarist i mean he wrote and performed the the solo to stairway to heaven which is like one of the greatest guitar solos of all time I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, no i w- i wouldn't say that was bad but it definitely like, did you say it was a little corny? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel like that's fair. Like, it was good, but it definitely was very unique to the movie, and it, it did stand out. So, um, yeah, definitely very 80s. But Yeah, I guess Jimmy Page did the soundtrack for Death Wish 2 as well. Hmm. Uh, what, one of, like, the music stings from this movie that always stands out to me is that a lot of times when they... Show something serious, or is that? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Which is something that I noticed one of the first times I watched the movie with my dad. But uh, this is what I've watched quite a bit. He, my dad, always told me about these movies, and anytime they're on TV, we'd we'd watch some of them. But he went to a garage sale one time, and somebody had like every single one of them on VHS for like a dollar a piece <laughs> so we bought he bought them and i think we watched all of them in like a week and a half something like that nice but yeah death wish 3 was by far my favorite of the bunch yeah. um so i guess you know we can get into grades because that's really all i had for for trivia and facts all right um like always i pulled from imdb and rotten tomatoes um, did you happen to see the IMDb score for this? Because I know sometimes it gets ruined for you. I think I actually did. I think um, when I watched it, it actually... Man, what did I watch it on? Was it... Prime, probably? Yeah. Um, I think it had the score on Prime. Oh, yeah, they do have that on Prime. Stupid. hate it. So I, I think I know what it is. Is it 5.9? Yep, you okay, got yeah. it. So I was right. Yeah, 5.9, um, so, which I okay. find out a lot of my movies are usually in that five. A lot of my favorite movies are in that 5 to 7 range. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just because, you know, most of those are just entertaining that are, aren't great movies but have a cult following. Yeah. Uh, so I also pulled from Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think those are? There's a critic and an audience score for that. 
Oh man, this is gonna be tough. Um, critic, let's do forty-seven. It's eleven. Ooh, okay. (laughs) 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 Oh, what do you think the audience is? It's higher. I'll say that for sure. Higher than my guess, or just higher than the critic? Both. Okay. Um, I don't think it's gonna be a lot. I'll say. 54 dude you got it exactly oh my gosh wow look at that <laughs> that doesn't happen too often no that's like twice i think now in the history of the show yeah and it's like twice in the last couple weeks four movie reviews we've done i don't remember what the last one was yeah um so it comes out our grade what what do you give this movie out of five man this is tough um <laughs> i was say because you're the newcomer to it yeah, I I enjoyed it, and I know I will watch it again, um, maybe a couple times and everything. And I really think that we need to, at some point, go through and get a list of all the movies we've re- reviewed and put our scores. Yeah. Uh, just so that we can kind of reference that. I think that might be a, an upcoming project here for us, too. But... Um, Awesomely bad movie review. Definitely not a movie for everybody. Um, definitely not the strongest movie that people would want to watch. Um, I think a lot of people could watch it one time and have have a good time with it. I don't know that a lot of people would kind of go back to it. So I think I think I'm gonna go with three out of five. Rock. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I was, uh, I definitely knew that it should be at least a 2.5 because, you know, going below 50% is really getting kind of rough and everything. But I didn't think it quite had enough to put it up to 3.5 for me. So I think three out of five is a solid score. Rock. Um, yeah, I had to think a little while what I was going to grade this. You know, it's a movie I've watched quite a few times and I, you know, I have memories of watching it. Um, like the first time with my dad and, you know, even now, like we'll, we'll still talk about it or reference it or something like that or say lines from it. <laughs> um, even like the series as a whole, you know, we, we laughed before about how any woman who becomes close, you know, whether it's a rom- romantic relationship or just a friendship with Paul Kersey ends up dying. <laughs> usually in a terrible way and like a lot of times they get raped as well um pretty mean-spirited movies but it's just they made the same movie like over and over and over and it comes back to the classic uh joe bob briggs quote about the friday 13th series like the guys making the friday 13th movies made this like remade the same movie nine times and that takes talent (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, it's the same with the Death Wish movies. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I realize it's, it's not a great movie. Uh, it's definitely entertaining and something, you know, if, if you like it the first time, it's definitely something you're probably going to watch again. Uh, you know, it's something I would recommend to people who are fans of 80s uh, action. Just, you know, even with the just the final um, like gang war going on. That was pretty entertaining and it's fast paced and exciting and 
you'll get to see a big wide variety of firearms and all that kind of stuff and some ridiculous things but um yeah like the normal everyday person I, i wouldn't tell them to watch this yeah um not the strongest movie in the series. That's the first one, but it's, I think it's the most entertaining. So for me, I, I give it a four out of five. Okay. Yeah. Like it's not, like I said, it's not one that it, I watch a lot, but it's definitely one I've watched a few times. I can say that. Mm-hmm. And if I want to watch a death wish movie, this is the one I watch. Yeah. And I, I feel like from what you've described and everything, that seems like a, a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, any like parting thoughts on it? Um, no, it was good. It was it was fun getting back into the awesomely bad movies. Uh, we definitely do need to keep them being a reoccurring thing. So, yeah, that's kind of how we started off with because it was like one of the first movies we did. Um, Deadly Prey. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or Miami Connection. It was one of the two. Mm-hmm. We we had like a, a streak of them there at the beginning. Oh yeah, and Rambo and <laughs> yeah, Rambo was probably the worst of the awesomely bads that we did. Yeah, that was for sure one of the roughest ones. So yeah, we'll have to find some more and throw those in. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I guess um, next time we will be doing a topic episode where we talk about our favorite actors. Um, We've discussed in the past. There's going to be some obvious ones on there. You guys know that we love Tom Hanks. And obviously we like Keanu Reeves since we did an entire month of it. But it would be interesting uh, to hear some of the ones you got. Like, we never really discussed it all too much. You know, Mm -hmm. we both both know that we both, both like Van Damme and... Arnold and Chuck Norris and all that but it'd be interesting to see some of the other actors that are maybe outside of the um, action genre great now I have nobody to talk about <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh well I know Tom Cruise is on your list oh so. gosh no I, it's I think it's funny we did an episode on actors that we don't care for but we never did one of our favorite actors <laughs> I know that that is pretty funny. It's interesting because like we've had these unique uh, topics, but then like some of the most common ones that you bring up just in casual conversations that we haven't touched on like this mm-hmm. for instance. Yeah. And when we do the episodes, we go in blind on them too. So it's always kind of, always kind of fun. Yeah. But until then, be kind, rewind. <laughs> <laughs>